And here we are, another episode of the SSE Stretch Show Entertainment at its finest here on the Big 49. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Tell your friends. Tell 12 friends. We need like 12 friends. So you tell 12 friends, and we will blow this thing to kingdom come is what will happen at that point. Start having big old naked beer fiestas with boobies everywhere. It'll be spectacular. The visions I have for the Big 49 involve me getting in trouble and Moto Man going to jail, but it's going to be amazing. I know that. It'll be fun to watch the um, train wreck as it goes down the tracks coming off the, coming off the sides. It's going to be real fun to watch. Uh, today on the show, we are going to kick it off with the winner of the 250 Pro Motocross race on Saturday out at Fox Raceway in Pala. And that, my friends, is Hunter Lawrence, who I just I like that kid, man. And when you hear this interview, you'll like him even more. Every time you hear stuff about this guy, like just what he went through as a kid and always having... What's funny is he was the, like the test dummy for Jet coming up. He was the older brother, and he just had to sit there and bear it and kind of Jet reaped all the uh, rewards that Hunter put the sacrifices in for and, you know, and, and paved the way for. And, and don't get me wrong, they're a tight-knit family. It's no knock on his brother, but it's just the dude's a badass. And then you find out he was really hurt as that race got ready to uh, kick off at Fox Raceway. And you're like, damn. So he's he's a trooper, man. That dude is a stud, and I like him, and he races smart, and everything about that kid is likable. So shout out to Hunter Lawrence. We'll get down with him in a few moments. If you missed the interview yesterday with Dylan Ferrandez, another guy that we really like here at the 49, he will be up in the middle of the show. It is moto. It is what we do. And we do it in spades every day. Tomorrow on the show... Not only will we rerun the Hunter Lawrence interview, but we'll also bring in the rest of the 250 podium. And we'll talk to RJ Hampshire and Mr. Danger Boy Deegan as well. Always a fan favorite when you get uh, young Deegan up on there. Another kid that's just a good kid, and, and I dig it. So a lot happening in the world of moto. I can tell you the moto minutes are dropping all over you today. Cool story about how all the manufacturers are getting together and just renting out tracks now. And they'll close the track down, and they'll all kick in a little money. It saves them a ton of money. It also helps the riders because the riders get to ride without, like, regular people on the track. And, and I don't want to be a dick, but these guys aren't regular people. You can't ride like these guys can. Typically, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're like less than a one percenter if you can ride like these guys do. And even then, it's just to be on the track with them. And if you were on a race with them, you'd still be getting your ass lapped. And you're at a massive skill set. You're the fastest dude in town if you're able to keep up with these guys on a track at any level. And when, you know, regular people are out there, it's dangerous for them. It really is. Also, when the pros are all out there on the track, all the team, all the factory guys, they don't have to groom the track because they want it rough like race conditions. So they're like, cool, it's a win-win. We get a bunch of money. We don't have to do anything. We watch the factory guys go out there and just rip around. And in fact, uh, they did that this week at Fox Raceway. Every single team but Yamaha is out there working. I'm talking Suzuki. I'm talking Kawasaki, Honda, KTM, Husqvarna, Gaskas. All of them are out there working on that track, which they just raced on, which is a really good move. So very cool stuff. I love Moto. I love the, how it works. I love the whole game. Everybody will be heading up to Hangtown for this Saturday's race. It's still here in California, so we will have these same times on the broadcast. One hour before the gate drop, which means a noon broadcast kickoff here on the Big 49. Myself, Moto Man, Jason from HYR. Shout out to all of our friends at HYR. Great place to get a dirt bike. Great place to get a side-by-side. -side. Get a personal watercraft. Get a freaking Indian. Oh, they got sweet Indians, man. They are Indian of Redlands as well. HYR is badass, so go in there and say what's up to our homies and get yourself some summer fun at HYR. On the show today, I have uh, a strange stories. I don't think I'm going to rant as much. I do have a sexual deviant perversion story. I have a really great news story, and I love to bring great news. I really, really do. And then I have a funny article from the LA Times that is highlighting Clayton Kershaw and his faith at the same time 
putting a bullseye on them, and, and it's exactly what they're doing. And I'm going to diamond out, and I'm going to applaud Clayton Kershaw, and I might even go to a damn Dodger game because of Clayton Kershaw on July 30th, and I would welcome all of you to do the same. I, we'll get into that. So it's crazy, man. Uh, after that, we're going to get into... Uh, the Bud Light, we are through Memorial Day, which is the official kickoff of barbecue season and summertime. And there's an update in beers. I mean, there's a lot of woke people getting pushback right now. And we're going to talk about uh, how everything is like starting to settle and what it looks like in the beer world as we got through the first huge drinking holiday of summer. Very much so. We're going to talk about that. It's, it's an interesting read, too. The knife story from the ATF, you know what that is, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, that should surprise you because it surprised me. I know that. Then I have a story of a illness that a lot of people have been suffering when you thought you had COVID, but you kept doing the home test and it showed up negative, negative, negative. Yeah, they're going, yeah, we know what you had. Pretty much the same symptoms, but it's this other virus. And we're like, oh, okay, great. So I'll give you that one as well. All kinds of fun. Then we'll get into the perverted... Maybe we'll do that before, the nudist perverts. I always tell you that nudists are just sexual deviants. That's all they are. Usually they're old fat people you don't want to see naked in the first place. But they're a bunch of perverts. That's what they are. They're like, no, man. I just don't like wearing clothes. Why would I get in the water with clothes on? It doesn't make sense. Do I jump in the washing machine when I'm washing my clothes? No, then why don't my clothes on me when I'm in the water? I'm natural. Yeah, go burn your sack off, you little freak. I'm going to tell you why you're a sexual deviant, and I have factual proof. Absolute proof. Everywhere the nudists go, freaks are sure to follow. And we'll get into that one as well, you deviant bastards. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49. Let's break it down. We'll come back. I'll tell you about sexual deviant nudist right after we talk to Mr. Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team. It's the Big 49. Happy Thursday. Let's do it. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. If you are a fan of sports and listen to any type of broadcaster, you're familiar with the term hot take. That's where a broadcaster says some pretty crazy things to get headlines and attention and to make you think they are this expert with this inside knowledge. And the guy that does it the best in the moto world is Bubba Stewart, who loves to go on his podcast and kind of stir things up with his comments. And his hot take this week is that there is infighting already going on in the Honda trailer between Jet Lawrence and Chase Sexton because they are the dudes that are probably, one of them is going to win the championship this year and they're going to battle all year. He says as it goes on, they will start talking about who got what ride to the track, whose RV got there first, who has a better lunch, and it will become a whole thing. But that is Bubba's take as of now on the infighting he says that will be going on at Honda. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with your overall winner of round one of the Pro Motocross season, and it's a dude we are used to seeing up on top of the box this year for sure. His name is Hunter Lawrence of the HRC Honda team, and Hunter, Motocross, we get the two motos, and you didn't really have a great moto, although you ended up on the box uh, by the time it was over. You ended up in third place with a nice charge, but it wasn't a great start, and it took you a while to get there. And it was like, all right, maybe this is going to be a tougher season for him. And then you come out in the second moto and put on a freaking clinic and just run away with it and get the overall win on the day. But uh, describe those two experiences of, you know, you going through adversity, but yet not pushing so hard that, you know, you were ever out of control or risked crashing. But here you are with the overall win, doing some real mature riding, some real smart riding out there on the track. Yeah. I mean, either you're going to win or you don't. So <laughs> just kind of take what you can get. Uh, basically, just kind of go push as fast as I can with what the track's given me. You know, they put a lot of water down, so I'm not trying to make any silly mistakes and tuck the front. Um, just due to wet conditions or anything, I've done that before. So, uh, yeah. yeah, just kind of let it come to me. And the second one, uh, put a lot of emphasis on the start. Yeah. I, need, uh, I needed that to make my life easier. So that was uh, that was a good one. 
right. And do you think that having like such a tale of two different races today that you learned something for the season or that you take some experience moving forward that's going to help you the rest of the season? Because one, you got the great start. You just shot out. You win. You go wire to wire. And then the other one, having to come from the back of the pack and battle your way up towards the front was an impressive ride too, but very, very different rides. So uh, are you appreciative, I guess, of those two experiences today to get the overall win? Uh, yes and no. I mean, okay. I had a massive crash on Monday and I've torn okay. all the fascia and cartilage off my ribs. So I wasn't even, I did three laps on press day. So wow. I was, you know, I'm a gamer and I was going to show up to win. Okay. But, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll be happy with the top five. Just, you know, damage control. And like, yeah. like I said, Thursday, I could barely even ride. So wow. um, it was just, it was good. I feel like on this track, the second moto, like, yeah. I definitely made my life easier because <laughs> coming through the pack, this track, it's so hard to push faster than, you know, the set pace, let's say, just yeah. because of how the track forms up and stuff. It's like it has a set pace, and once you get your rhythm, yeah. that's that's all you can really get out of it. You know, you've seen with Jet and Chase, they didn't really drop the hammer like some other tracks where there's yeah. two and three seconds coming off their lap time towards the end. It was kind of set pace. You can maybe go faster, but you could end up on the ground. All right, and with that injury that you sustained last week uh, riding, was there a thought of just coming out here and managing and salvaging what kind of points you could get? Like, what was your mindset, I guess, as far as expectations coming into this first race, knowing you were pretty banged up? Uh, it was more just how I felt, you know. I just had to block everything out and not yeah. think about it. We didn't talk about it at all yeah. today. It was just out of mind, out of sight. So... G worked his magic and, and it was unreal. So I, I knew what I'm capable of. I just, yeah. you know, had uh, try to have my body not hold me back. So yeah. that was, uh, it was good. It was good enough to get the job done. And, and by the way, anyone that's ever had a rib injury knows that riding on a rough surface period would absolutely kill, let alone uh, uh, going through what you go through with 30 minute, 35 minute moto. That's freaking insane. Is there any chance that maybe it felt better by the second moto? Because you definitely had a much better second moto. Or was it uh, easier the first time around and got worse throughout the day? Like, like, what did that feel like racing with that kind of rib condition? No, the second one was worse than the first oh, one. <laughs> whole shot. That's why I said it was so important to get the whole shot. Okay. Um, yeah, that hurt a lot. But, I mean, what can you do? You're not just going to pull off and, all oh, my ribs hurt. So, I mean, you got to race, right? So. Yeah. All right, let's talk about not just the physical body that gets you to the top of the podium, but the machine. I noticed you're running a scoop tire like a lot of guys in the class today. Not the 450s, but a lot of 250s were running scoop tires. What went into that decision? And also, uh, what did you think of the first outdoor race with the steel grate starting gates? I mean... I think I speak for everyone. We're all like, okay, is everyone running a scoop tire? Then okay, we're running a scoop tire. If, if <laughs> yeah. Washougal start track uh, start straight was as deep as today, we'd probably run a scoop tire there, just because the start is so important. So, yeah. um, I think the grates are cool. Takes okay. uncontrollable variables out of out of play. Like if it's if it's a stupid mutter, for example, yeah. the mechanics are trying to sweep water out of the rut and it's the other guy's water he's sweeping out just goes into yours. <laughs> so I think it's you know, all other yeah. professional motorsports, Formula One, Moto GP, they the start um, position is, yeah. you know, the same every time. So I think it's good. Definitely okay. takes a toll off of our mechanics knees and ankles from stomping <laughs> gates. So all right, and uh, when you go back to the trailer and you see the track conditions, and obviously the 450s weren't running scoop tires, but the 250s were, do you talk about that with the 450 guys and with the team? Is that a conversation that you have out there, like doing, I guess, a little uh, research and development on the track as you get back to the trailer with the 450 guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it today. I'm like, yeah, yeah. first motor, you guys might get away with scoop, but... Yeah. No way you want to be on a 450 with a scoop tire on that second moto. And okay. like I said, if there's three contenders yeah. that are running a paddle tire, yeah. then every other guy on a factory team or <laughs> yeah. a contender is going to do the same because they don't want to lose that yeah. start, you know. So it's. Uh, I was just telling RJ, we need like a, a gentleman's agreement like either, okay, the track's bone dry, but the start's deep. Either we all go paddle tire or we all go knobby tire and, you know, keep it like that. But I get it, man. Uh, well, whatever you did was the right thing to do. Congratulations on the win and just uh, 
you know, fighting through adversity with the rib injury and coming out on top today. So congratulations, uh, Hunter Lawrence, HRC Honda team. We will see you next week when we head up to Hangtown here in California for the next round of the pro motocross season. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Uh-oh. Got him a gunpoint. We got a nudist over on the beach. Uh, watch out. It's a real pervert there. All units respond. That's what we got. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when a nudist creeps up on you? Sexual deviant perverts. I always say that. Now I have even more factual proof proving that. This happens in the Netherlands. And you know what happens in Europe and other countries? They're like, you Americans are so tight with your nudity. We like to walk out naked all the time. Let our dogs hang out. It's totally fine. It's natural. Sound like the nudist here. You're pervert freaks. Let's get to this story. So many complaints were being filed at a nude beach in the Netherlands. That initially they put up signs. And the signs are funny. They have pictures of people fornicating. It's like feet. Two feet going up, two feet going down. What do you think they're doing? Boom, boom, boom. The parallel mambo. That's what they're doing. And that's exactly what's happening. So they open this beach. And they're like, oh, it'll be wonderful. Everyone can come here with their venus out and their boobies out and their vaginas. And everyone can show them into the sun. Everyone can sun the pocket starfish. Yeah, that's what they said. Well, guess what? No. People showed up there and started uh, hooking up. They turn it into a little sexy, sexy time at the nudist beach. And there were a lot of complaints because people would show up at the beach and there'd be people just banging in the bushes and laying around. And you know what? There's not at the, at the beach? Bushes. I lied. There are no bushes at the beach. It's just sand. People just banging in the sand. And that's not all. The perverts went even further. What happened? The beach got launched. Everyone's like, okay, it'll be fine. Yeah, they can go there. I sung your bung. Whatever. All right, so that, that sounds good. Well, what would happen is people started hooking up online and saying, hey, I'm going to be naked at the nude beach. Come up and let's bang. So people started doing hookups. The real problem is some nudists, very few, maybe one in a million, aren't sexual deviant perverts, and they're there just the sun, and then they would show up, and then they would think like the description would be, oh, hey, that's the person I'm hooking up with. And people were getting groped and sexually assaulted by these perverted freaks. They were showing up at the nude beach to have sexual romps. And they're like, hey, this is not a nude sex beach. It's a nude beach. And they are not happy about it. Of course, they're blaming it on uh, conservative Christians that are offended. They're saying, why are they so tight? We just come to the beach to bone. I just born the lady. I call her. She come to this beach. Why you not want to born if you come to the beach with your boobies out? Yeah, that's what he thinks. That's how these sexual deviant perverts think. So they were coming out and they were getting their freak on. They're saying the signs now are showing people with a phone number to call. Basically call 911 when you see this and it's got the feet. It's, they're kind of funny, but... They're in Dutch, so I can't read them, but I can look at the pictures. That's funny. Pictures are universal language. You can see that and be like, oh, if I see people banging, I should call that number. And that's what the signs that are posted all over the beach now do. Because these perverted sexual orgy-having freaks... By the way, who the hell wants to bone in the sand? Could you imagine sand in, that, in those orifices? A little sand in the pee hole? Sand in the butt crack is bad enough when you get crashed by a wave. And then it rubs you raw. You're walking around all day with sand in your shorts trying to get it out. You just you can't get it out. Once the sand's there, it's there. What would a lady do with sand in her hoosets? Oh, Lord. That'd be horrible. So anyway, if you go to the Netherlands and you go to the nude beach thinking you're going to get lucky, that is not where it's going to happen. You're going to get in trouble and you're going to go to jail. So if you know any sexual deviant nudist, advise them to stop their perversion immediately and seek mental therapy because they are mentally ill. That's what I know. A public service announcement from your old Uncle Stretch. That's what this is. All right, coming up next, I'm going to drop good news. I don't want to be a ranter at all times. I have great news. It's coming out of Israel. It'll be amazing news. 
Very, very good stuff. I love these stories. We'll do it next on the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Guys over at that muck-off Yamaha team are stoked that they have re-signed a Supercross-only deal with Enzo Lopes to return in 2024. Why is that a big deal? That's because the Brazilian native was on a tear. He finished fourth in the 250 East Championships this year, and they say a lot of factory teams were looking at him, but he decided to go ahead and stay with the Muckoff Yamaha team, and he's going to race at least one more year in the Supercross only, and then we'll see what happens with Enzo Lopes after that. So congratulations to the Muckoff guys and to Enzo. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show here on a big old Thursday show. It is motocross eve tomorrow. That means one thing at the Big 49. Well, two things. Stretch will be here, but Stretch is always here. Stretch is the warrior. He will show up and he will do his job on a daily. But that means Motoman will show up and do his job too. Along with the LCR. Motoman and possibly and most of the time Kyle will show up with him. And they will do last chance radio stuff. They'll talk moto and they'll get you ready for the weekend. The weekend is a race here in California, Hangtown up near Sacramento. And we will have everyone uh, same time. So it's going to be on the Peacock. The gates are going to drop at 1. We'll start the coverage here at noon on the 49. So please join us for that. Always good to get your coverage. And if you're out riding and you ain't got the Peacock, just be like, hey, I'll pop on the 49. They'll tell me what's going on. Get your updates on it. I uh, want to shout out to our friend Josh Mosman, who I fired from my fantasy team this week. I paid a whole dollar for Josh. I had high hopes for him. I needed him to come in the top 20. He came at, at, at number uh, 30 something, and now I am at, um, I am at, uh, oh Lord, I'm at like 400th place in the fantasy league. So I. Uh, ditched Josh and I went with little brother Michael this week. I got little brother Michael on the 250s. Michael's no joke. And Michael's been off the bike for a while with injury. He'll get dialed in and Michael Mosman can win some races this year. So uh, I do. I, I, I love both those guys. They're, they're good people. There's some good people. This sport is really does have some wonderful, wholesome, good people. And I do love to bust balls if you've noticed that or not. But but there are people that I really like and the Mosmans are a couple of them that are really good people. So, shout out to them. Shout out to everybody, too, that has a sense of humor that takes our shenanigans with a grain of salt and laughs at us, like Justin Barsha. If anyone could be like, yeah, you guys are idiots. You always talk weird crap about me, and it's weird. No, he's cool as hell. So, shout out to him, too. That whole TLD Gas Gas team is freaking cool. Good stuff, man. Can't wait to see them race again this weekend. Can't wait to get Barsha back on the bike. There's a lot out there. Right now, let me give you the good news I have. Besides, there's people that are awesome and not butt munches in the motocross world. Let's talk about this. Coming out of Jerusalem, that is in Israel, the Hadassah University Medical Center has announced an unprecedented achievement in the treatment of a certain type of cancer, myeloma cancer, the second most common hematological disease. That is, hematological means a blood cancer. It accounts for one-tenth of all blood cancers and one percent of all types of malignancies. Now, the new treatment against the disease, which has long, long been considered absolutely incurable, was developed after a series of experiments uh, carried out in the hospital's bone marrow transplant and immunotherapy department in recent years. And they say it has a 90% success rate. 90%? 90%? That's insane. You've got something that they were con- they were considering untreatable that now in this program has seen a 90% success rate. And not only is it like, are you like, okay, well, I live, but what kind of life do I have? They say, no, in light of the impressive results of a 90% success rate, they also seem to have people that are living many more years with excellent quality of life. That is amazing. That is amazing, great news. That's news that needs to be shared. Now, there is bad news with this. If you have someone that is suffering from this, uh, you can't go over there. They say they have over a 200 patient waiting list right now from people all over the world, including Israel, 
who are suffering from this and are trying to get into this program because it's a lifesaver. That is great news. I love it when I have great news. Nothing bad on that front right there. And, And by the way, once they get this out and we'll get this in other hospitals, this is another one. They'll stop. I just uh, heard a story the other day where they were working with uh, nanotechnology and getting amazing improvements on pancreatic cancer, which is another death sentence cancer up until now. They're, they're having some success with that. So cool to see this kind of stuff. Now, up next, I'm going to get into an article I found on the LA Times. And I know they wrote it like, hey, here's Clayton Kershaw, one of the most beloved Dodgers ever. And they, but I don't think they wrote it as, I think they wrote it to kind of dime him out, to kind of put a bullseye on him, to put him as one of those nut job religious dudes that is all Jesus, Jesus and anti-gay. I seriously believe that. I'm going to give you the story and I'm going to applaud Clayton Kershaw and I'm going to tell you, I may go to the Dodger game on July 30th this year. I really like what he's doing. So we'll get into that story next. It is the big 49. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Here's an injury update on Zach Osborne, who is racing off-road amp pro racing at this point. And remember, Zach won the 450 Outdoor National Championship in 2020. Then he sustained a back injury and retired about a year later. Then he came back this year to do that amp pro racing. And now he got hurt again. And then he came back and he says he is not in preseason form like he was before the injury. And he is going to take some time away from that as well. So he says he's back. But after the summer break, he'll be racing again. He thanks all the fans for their patience. And hopefully that Yamaha team gets him back on the bike sooner rather than later because Zach Osborne is a hell of a rider. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a Stretch show. We uh, talk ad nauseum lately about wokeness and anti-wokeness and companies getting pushback. In fact, I got a couple of stories today. This one involves the L.A. Dodgers stepping in it. Every time people try to, you know, push the agenda, push the agenda and step into. And I think what they've done so far from the outside looking in, I think that they have tried to appease a very small vocal minority of people. And the majority of people have just been like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And now it's just gotten so where they're like, oh, they'll take that. Well, let's give them this. Oh, they'll take that. Well, let's give them this. Oh, they'll take that. Well, let's shove this down. And and then it became like, all right, enough, enough. So the silent majority is becoming a vocal majority and they're pushing back. And we're seeing it with the anti-woke stuff. And we're seeing it in big corporations going, whoa, wait a minute, that blew up in our face. Maybe we shouldn't have taken the silent majority for granted all this time. Now let's go to this story I found in the LA Times about Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw went to the team. Here's something the Dodgers did, and I saw this on social media. And you know who are huge fans of the LA Dodgers? That's right, Latinos here in Southern California. Massive fans. I would say their fan base is maybe 75% or more uh, Latino. And typically, you're dealing with a Latino population. You're also dealing with a very Catholic population. And they're they're not. We know this. Look look at the way they're portrayed in the media and how they're under-portrayed in the media. And Hispanic uh, people typically are a silent majority in this country. They're, they're definitely becoming a majority. They're way, way, way bigger uh, part of the population than other ethnic groups. And they don't typically make noise they just kind of do their job go to work love their sports and you know drink some beer have a barbecue enjoy their family and they're most often catholic and they love jesus and god and go to church well the la dodgers decided they needed to be more pro-gay and they invited a group that is Oh, man, what is the name of this group? This group is the the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is uh, a charity protest and satirical performance organization. 
that uses humor, drag, and religious imagery to call attention to sexual intolerance. So what this is is a bunch of gay guys dressed as nuns that perform, and it's, oh, just slapstick hysterical. And they invited them out because it is Gay Pride Month, and everyone needs to jump on that. So the Dodgers decided to invite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence out for Gay Pride Month. And once again, people said, eh, I'm not really into that, but, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. People were being pretty cool about it. And then some fans said, wait a minute, you know what? We're Catholics. Your entire fan base, I'll bet you if you win in L.A. Dodger fans in the crowd, I'll bet you you have a 70% Catholic rate in those stands on any given night. And nuns are Catholic, and you hold them near and dear to your heart. And by the way, people that bash Catholics and, like, they're a bunch of perverts and molesters and whatever, whatever. Touche. Find me a story about a nun. No, there isn't. You hear stories about nuns being kick-ass brutal from private school when you were a kid. But outside of that, you don't hear about a lot of creeper, crazy, child-molesting, awful nuns. Nuns are usually wonderful women who have given their lives to God. And now we're going to make fun of them at Dodger Stadium, and we're going to mock them. Now here's what's crazy. At the same time, the Dodgers used to have a Christian night. What? Wait a minute, what? Yeah, they used to, I say used to have. They used to have Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodger Stadium, and it was a staple at the park every year. And then when the COVID-19 pandemic came in the state of California, being communist anti-God bastards they are, shut down all the churches and all that. The Dodgers like, cool, religion's gone. Let's not bring them back. And that was the end of it. So there was some uproar. People are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to bring out this gay group of drag queens to make fun of Catholic nuns. And there was pushback. And I saw Dodger jerseys being burned on social media. And I was like, cool, let the, this is, you want to have a gay night? Whatever. But don't go freaking ripping on nuns and thinking it's funny. A satirical, humorous thing, take on nuns? No, it's not. The, the intolerance that you cry out about, you don't have towards religion. Like, it's everyone's belief to do what they want and be what they want. And you just want that right to be uh, your gay self. And guess what? Believers just want their right to worship their religion and the way that they do it without being made fun of and without being torn down by you. If they agree with you or don't agree with you. I know a lot of Catholics that have a lot of gay people in their families, and I know a lot of Catholics that are very anti-gay. But guess what? Every religion in the world, every faucet of life, I know that situation. So they're going to let them do it. So the Dodgers freak out and say, no, that's it. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have been canceled. They are gone. And then they did an about-face again, and they decided, nah, all right. They were going to give them, by the way, the L.A. Dodgers were going to give these drag queen nuns the Community Hero Award at a pregame ceremony on June 16th for the annual Gay Pride Night at Dodger Stadium. Then two weeks ago, they say, nope, you're uninvited. We're not doing that because Catholic groups, a.k.a. their fan base, and some factions of their fan base, they say, objected to the sisters' portrayal of nun imagery and satirizing of sacred Christian figures. Oh, you think people might be offended at that? So, then all of a sudden, Clayton Kershaw, they say. Kershaw steps in. Kershaw, by the way, a big religious dude who has a religious charity that is a faith-based charity. And he went to the team and said, you know what you really need to do? You need to bring back that night. You need to bring back that that Christian faith and family day. And they're like, oh, okay. And they say Kershaw, who speaks openly about his faith and always has ever since he's been an L.A. Dodger for 16 years, has that charity. And he said on the record, and this is where they put a spotlight on it, making him look like an anti-gay guy, I don't agree with making fun of other people's religions, he said. And he says it has nothing to do with anything other than that. I don't think, no matter what the religion you are, that you should make fun of somebody else's religion. So that's something that I definitely don't agree with. And then he pushed the club 
to bring back Christian Faith Night, which they will now have on July 30th, and they will have it up. So they're going to do it. Oh, but then they came back and uh, issued an apology to the sisters, and then they re-invited them. So they invited the drag queen nuns, and then they, when there was outrage and they saw the Dodger jersey burning going on on social media... They said, all right, you're uninvited, and now they've reversed course again, and they have, they're have they going to have the Faith and Family Day because Clayton Kershaw pushed it, one of their biggest stars, and they now are going to have it because there was big outcry from the LGBTQ 5G community and advocacy groups and uh, all the gay groups in Los Angeles. So now they have re-invited the drag queen nuns who will make fun of real nuns. There you go. That's the Dodgers putting their foot in it. So I tell you, put your money where your mouth is and go to the night that you support. Because I seriously may buy a ticket and go to the July 30th one just to uh, show them, hey, this is this is how you do it. Show some respect, especially to nuns and Jesus and God. Craziness, man, is crazy. I'm stretch. The big 49. Up next, I know what we're going to do. We're going to replay that interview with our friend Dylan Ferrandez of the Star Racing Yamaha team. Team Frenchie. We're down with the Frenchie. It's the big 49. The man urged. One of the former stars of the television show, That 70s Show, has now been convicted of rape. And this is a trial that's been going on for a while. Originally, it ended in a mistrial. They did the follow-up trial now, and he's been found guilty on two of the three counts of rape. And they say all of this went down at the height of That 70s Show fame in the early 2000s. And he is, I'm sure, going to appeal it, but he was looking at 40 years in prison if convicted. So we'll see what happens when they get to the sentencing. And as one actor goes down on rape charges, the L.A. County District Attorney, Captain Douche Nozzle, has announced that Army Hammer, another actor, will not face rape charges after a two-year probe where an ex-girlfriend claims that he sometimes raped her. They say they couldn't find evidence that was conclusive and they will not be filing charges against Army Hammer. Oh yeah, he's really rich too, if you didn't know that. Alright, it continues to suck to be Bam Margera. We now know what his estranged wife is asking for in divorce court, and that's $15,000 a month in child support. She also says she wants spousal support, but doesn't specify an exact amount, because let's face it, if you're getting 15 in child support, you're going to live a pretty sweet life. She also doesn't want Bam to have any visitation whatsoever that isn't supervised unless he completes drug and alcohol treatment programs. Remember, he kept running away from them, so this is not going to go well for Bam Margera. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is the Stretch Show on a Thursday morning. Tomorrow is Friday. We're that much closer to the weekend, but that much closer to more motocross. More racing. All right, I just told you about the wokeness backfire on the Dodgers, and they're still putting their foot in it. Sounds like a great thing to bring up some drag queen nuns to make fun of Catholicism. What could go wrong when you got a fan base of mostly Latinos in Los Angeles? Good luck with that, L.A. Dodgers. Uh, but speaking of that, we know the this whole anti-woke movement seems it started with the Bud Light situation. And now we are through the very first day of drinking for the summer, which was Memorial Day with a big barbecue. Let's face it, that is a day that you get together with your friends, you barbecue, and you drink beers. And a lot of beer is consumed on that day. And they say, um, no shocker, Bud Light sales slumping hard on that day. And remember, that was the biggest uh, beer there was. There's nothing bigger than that. Now, here's what's funny, is it's being replaced in America now by one brand that saw almost a 10% gain over this weekend, and, and this is where this gets very bizarre. Uh, Modelo Especial has popped almost 10% in sales as the slumping sales, not only of Bud Light, but the slumping sales of Miller Lite as well, because they did an equal dumb thing when they did the pro-women and apologized for 
um, you know, making women mud wrestle to sell beer, and basically they're not going to do that knuckle dragon man thing anymore. And you people that that were into that are idiots. Well, that, they you pissed off a lot of people when you did that. So both of those companies saw slumping sales. Now here's the crazy part about this: Modelo is Anheuser Busch, yet not in America. So worldwide, they got a 10% bump. People are drinking Modelo, but I don't know the way beer works. It's like big companies own many brands, but then you have the rights to the brand in certain areas or not. So in America, Modelo is not an Anheuser-Busch product, but it is on, on a global scale, if I'm reading this article correctly. And they're jumping 10%. So good news for them, you know, that, that they're doing well business-wise. Ah, oh, Modelo is out there, but they're saying it is culture wars and it is being spoken through beer sales, really. And a lot of beer sales in general were down due to all the controversy. Just down. I don't know. People are just like, screw it. I'm just going to drink hard alcohol. I need hard alcohol. The state of the, the country's in at this point. Where we are. But here we go. Rolling through. Say combination of 20%, 26% drop in sales of the leading brands of beer this Memorial Day, followed by a 9.2% gain in Modelo Especial. They're saying that Mexican beer may end up being the biggest beer in America as the numbers, as they're watching this. Remember, they're still waiting on, hey, maybe the dust is going to settle and everything's going to be fine. To me, I was like, I look back, my childhood and my young adult years, I fondly look upon all of the Bud Light advertising and how awesome it was and how... Uh, much I just the humor I found in it and I loved it and I had no problem with their beers and I drank them and I'm like and I don't care still if they want to go reach out to gay people that didn't bother me but a lot of people were really bothered by that whatever but it's it's hurt them it's hurt them it's hurt them that lady that made all those decisions is gone from the company and uh, they're gonna try to weather the storm I'm assuming but a uh, good news for the overall company that the new beer that seems to be taken off, which is a Mexican beer, is part of them to some degree as well. So I say that's good news. Pretty crazy. Alright, what do we gotta do next? I gotta tell you something about marijuana that you may not know. Are you a marijuana smoker? Well, you may be breaking the law and you don't even know it. This is a letter written by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Authority in St. Paul, Minnesota that came out after a law was recently written and it's eye-opening to me. We'll talk about this next. It's the Big 49. Big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I always tell you guys how you should look out on the local tracks for all of the big factory riders out getting their practice in during the motocross season because they love to be here in Southern California, especially with the national race just having been here. So they were here the week before, they'll stay the week after, then they'll head up to Hangtown probably on Thursday or Friday. Well, here's something that's going on this year that's kind of new. Every single manufacturer except for Yamaha, every factory team, got together and rented out Fox Raceway at Pala uh, for a couple days this week. They're getting ready for a Loretta Lynn qualifier this weekend, but in the meantime, they got nothing going on. They packed out all the stuff from the national event, the grandstands, etc., and all of the equipment, and now these guys were out there all riding together and racing, and they say the best part for the track about these guys doing this is that they can leave it rough, that the factory guys like the rough ride, they don't want it graded, they want it like race conditions, and there's no freaking locals out there on the track slowing down the pros, so it's a win-win-win for all of the factory teams, and they were all out at Fox Raceway this week, pounded it out like it was a freaking national event going on, only nobody was watching. It's kind of crazy. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, here's a little eye-opener for you. I was aware that marijuana is federally illegal in America. That is why the marijuana industry is a cash business. It's why marijuana... Uh, stores cannot have bank accounts and they're having to open their own banks because it's not federally legal so they won't take their basic drug money and you're like oh that's weird there's been some stuff it'll come around it'll come around i, I i'm gonna enlighten my knowledge of the weed and the federal stuff here very soon 
on the show. I will soon be free of my chains to acknowledge more stuff that I know. But it's a big deal. And even in states where weed is legal, there's still the federal aspect of weed being illegal that affects many, many things. Well, one state where they just recently reduced restrictions on marijuana is in Minnesota, don't you know? And the ATF came out and said, hey, hey, Minnesotans, due to the recent ease of marijuana restrictions, we thought we, you'd like to know this. And this is a statement put out by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. That is a federal authority, kind of like the FBI, but obviously they just investigate alcohol, tobacco, and firearms crimes. They're also the people that you got to go through to get, you know, purchase the gun and all of that fun stuff. That's the government regulating agency and all that. And they put this out. They said the Federal Gun Act of 1968 prohibits any person who is an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance as defined by the Controlled Substances Act of 1970 from shipping, transporting, receiving, possessing firearms or ammunition. That's right. You dope smokers are not allowed to have firearms under the federal law of the United States of America because you are using a controlled substance in the eyes of the federal government of the United States. They say regardless of the recent changes to the law in Minnesota that are related to the legalization of marijuana, an individual who is a current user of marijuana is federally defined as, quote, an unlawful user of a controlled substance and is prohibited from having a gun, transporting a gun, receiving a gun, possessing a gun, buying ammunition from shipping a gun. And I will tell you this, if this is true in St. Paul, Minnesota, it is true right here in Los Angeles Communist California. They say people who are looking to purchase firearms must attest whether or not they are an unlawful user of marijuana on an ATF Form 4473 during your firearm transaction. And trust me, if they if you end up getting caught at some point with your gun and you end up getting caught with weed at the same time, that is a whole federal rap that is coming your way. They say as states begin easing restrictions on marijuana, the ATF uh, has issued this open letter to federal firearms licensees. And this goes all the way back to 2011 when they started releasing the restrictions on marijuana in many states in the country. Did you know that? Because I, I, I knew that. What's weird is I knew the federal illegality of marijuana. I did not know it had any uh, effect of your ownership of a gun. So you got marijuana, Jika, and you're smoking it, and you got a gun. That's extra charges. ATF says they are the law enforcement agency that protects our communities from violent criminals, criminal organizations that use illegal trafficking of firearms, the illegal use and storage of explosives, acts of arson and bombings, acts of terrorism, and illegal diversion of alcohol and tobacco products, and they keep firearms out of the hands of you dope smokers. That's what they said. That's what they said. Don't shoot the messenger. Literally, don't shoot the messenger, especially if you're a marijuana smoker, because you'll be in more trouble. ATF will catch up to you. So there you go. When you uh, bought a gun, you dope smoker, and you said, no, no, I'm not addicted to any illicit drugs. You lied. Marijuana's an illicit drug according to the federal government. You lied and you could be in big ass trouble if that ever comes back around, especially if you got a weed card. Because trust me, there's no real investigation in any of this. They don't investigate you until you do something wrong. That's when they investigate you. And if they found out years ago that you got a weed card because you were just a big weed smoker and you went and said, dude, I can't sleep. I'll then you get a weed card. Doctor said 50 bucks, here's your weed card. You rolled out. Yeah, you're on a list somewhere. And if in anywhere in that same time you bought a gun, you broke the law, mofo. I did not know that. You learn something every day here on the Stretch Show. Stretch Show Entertainment, the SSE. Welcome to it. You're welcome. Coming up next, let's talk to our friend, Mr. Hunter Lawrence again, winner of round one of the pro motocross season in the 250 class. He rides an HRC Honda 
Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's a tough-ass mofo, too. We'll talk about that a little bit in this interview. Step 849. Big 49, it is a stretch show on a Thursday. Getting up out of here, that means one thing. The Friday is upon us. Packing through this day. It's a birthday weekend for the stretch, Ari. I am old as hell. You know what I'm going to do on my birthday? I'm going to work two jobs. You know why? Because I'm a hardworking American, and that's what I do, and I do what I got to do. These young bucks can get busted up ribs and get on a motorcycle and ride for two motos. I can drag my fat old ass to work. On my birthday, two two times, not once, but twice. Two jobs. I'll do them both, because I'm a trooper. I'm going to get down this weekend. I will have no celebrating. I will have only working. Saturday, my one day to celebrate, I will be doing a moto show right here on this radio station, because that's what we do. Moto Rock Extreme. We are the world's only motocross rock radio station, and we take that very seriously. And we will give it to you whenever we can. And Saturdays is when Moto comes to play. So, Hangtown coverage starts right here on the Big 49 at noon on Saturday. The whole buffoon crew will be there. And that is the leader of the buffoons, myself included. We will knock it out of the park. I promise you that. Oh, man. Tomorrow on the show... Danger Boy Deacon, RJ Hampshire, and Hunter Lawrence. That's the entire 250 podium from Pala. All of them. That's how we do Fridays. Pow, 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 pow. Just banging them out, banging them out, banging them out. That's what we're going to do. Solid day of moto. And then we got the LCQ or, uh, of, of radio, which is the LCR. Last Chance Radio with Moto Man and Kyle. That'll come on on Friday afternoon as well. I will talk to all of you fine folks tomorrow morning for another rousing edition of The Stretch Show. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America. And God bless nuns. <laughs>